Hello and welcome to Bloggernet, the football podcast. Welcome to our second episode. This is predicting the PFA team of the year, player of the year, young player of the year, and maybe a few other little surprises along the way. Uh, this is a podcast for the football enthusiast, discussing tactics, teams, players, statistics. We'll try and get a little bit of everything in there. I'm Rich Clark. I am a full-time football analyst and football enthusiast, and I'm joined my co-host. He is back by unpopular demand. Here he is. It's Mr. <laughs> Justin Side. Hello, Justin. Hello, Richards. Um, I feel I may have undersold myself last time. So, big, uh, big-time Arsenal fan. Definitely a Sunday League legend. Um, we're not going to dispute that again. Everyone is uh, though. But ev- no, well, I am, um, and I will continue to be. But I am uh, definitely a football, let's say, nerd. Um, I watch way too much football. I love all the stats. I love all the tactical analysis. Um, so yeah, bit of a nerd. Good. Um, so we're adding nerd to Sunday League legend. I've got a feeling nerd's going to go down better than Sunday League legend. Just. Just a hunch. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the last show, we've had some nice feedback, haven't we? We've uh, had some comments online. The uh, the DMs have been, I won't say flooding, but uh, steadily receiving uh, feedback. It's been very nice. My phone battery can barely keep up. Your phone battery can barely keep up? Yeah, just people popping in, telling me how good we are. It's great. Why don't you just put it on charge? No, it's bad for the battery if you keep charging it. Sure. That's good. That's good. Um, well, we have we started off on YouTube. That, uh, that's generated uh, quite a lot of views. It's been very nice. And we've had some uh, people subscribe to our channel. That's the best way to support us and help us. So thank you to Matt Bishop and Sam Lee and Adam Clark. Yes, that is my cousin, uh, who have subscribed <laughs> to our YouTube channel. Uh, family, welcome, family members are welcome as well. Uh, thank you very much, guys. It's, uh, we really appreciate that. All right, and we're not going to be listing them every week, right? Because we're not going to have enough time. There's going to be a lot of subscribers. We can't just keep doing it. Well, we might not have that many subscribers. I'm not really expecting many. I'm th- the three that we've got there, are, I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably happy with. So, I don't know. Respect our listeners. I went to the supermarket earlier, um, yeah. doing my, my weekly grocery shop. I won't name it for copyright reasons, because we're, we're big. And people were giving me double takes, more than usual, and I'm almost certain it's because they've seen me on here. I think so. Did you go out looking like that? Uh, No. No. Maybe, I don't know, Uh, you're thinking of the shirt now, I didn't go out wearing this shirt, which we'll come to in a minute. Is it probably just the tennis ball haircut that you uh, you like to (laughs) seem fixated with? I don't know, maybe that's I'm, I'm people sure. just staring at that. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's the podcast, mate. I really don't. Okay. It's, it's, it's maybe been it's a m- modest Sunday success. League. It's been nice, but yeah, Sunday League. Yeah, cool. Oh, goodness Sh- me. Should we do something well, anyway, useful? Yeah. yeah. We, should, we should talk about our shirts, shouldn't we? Okay. Tell me about yours. Well, this is the 2006-7... Manchester United home and do you know why I picked this shirt specifically um, last time you were any good come on you're better than that <laughs> you're not it is from 2006-7 as mentioned and that is 
the record for most number of players from a single team in the PFA team of the season. Man United had eight that year, and that is the all-time record since 1974. That, that's that's that ludicrous, is isn't it? And Rooney that, wasn't even in it. God. Eight. Yeah, and he was great. So uh, eight in the... I don't think we're, uh, we're going to get anyone doing that this year, but we'll see. Talk me through your shirt. I've got a classic, classic 90s Arsenal shirt with um, most recent Hall of Fame inductee Dennis Burkamp on the back. Here he is. Well, that's nice. Show us the yeah. sponsor. Everyone likes your sponsor from that era. JVC. The old JVC, yeah. The good old days. Good uh, good shirt chat. Tick that off. Uh, at the time of recording, the England squad is not out, but when you're listening now, it may well be. So we'll cover that on the next one, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll cover it on Twitter as well. Uh, show off how well or badly we've done at that one. But today, the PFA team of the season, player of the season, and we're going to kick off with all things players and do our predictions for how we think the PFA team will look. So when we come back, let's start with that. Okay, the PFA team of the season. Now, I've done some background research for this try to look at uh, the history of the pfa team of the season some interesting findings but before we delve into that i've got something from just this season and i want you to tell me euro what do the following teams all have in common in respect of what they've done this season okay so the list is manchester city manchester united chelsea liverpool leicester leeds arsenal everton Aston Villa, Brighton, Burnley, Fulham. So that's 12 teams. What do they have in common? Um, God, that's a, that, that's a lot of teams. Yeah, I know. Feels random. Just throw a guess out there. They've all used less than 20 players. That's a fun guess. Yeah, that might be true. I haven't, I haven't checked if that's true. I'm going to say it's probably not that. That feels few. But no, the answer was... All 12 teams have won more Premier League away games this season than they have at home. Mm. True story. How many teams last season, so 2019-20, how many teams did it that year? Five. Okay. And the year before? Three. And finally, the year before that, 2017-18. So the last three seasons. That's, that's going to be something like, let's go one. We okay. go one. I can tell you that last season, one team managed it, Southampton. Whew. The season before that in 1819, one team managed it. That was Crystal Palace. And the year before that, none. So in the last three seasons, two teams have ever managed this. This season, 12 have managed it. I feel like if any statistic sums up the strange season and year that this will be remembered as, this is it. That's mad. It is weird. Um, and it really shows you how much of a difference the crowd behind you makes. There you go. And it, it, it just... I think I probably played it down somewhat when uh, there were no crowds. Just to, at the start, I wasn't sure on the impact, but that feels quite telling to me. 
Mm. There you go. So there's my uh, my nerdery to start off with. Um, we'll get that out of the way, and we'll move on to some more nerdery in the PFA Team of the Year. <laughs> um, right, okay. Do you know who's made the most PFA uh, Team of the Year appearances ever? Alan Shearer, surely. Good shout. He's got seven. He's third on the list. But it's not. Oof. Third? Mm. Ryan Giggs? No, he's got fewer. He didn't get Steven... many, did he? Yeah, he got... I... Well, five or six, maybe. Gerard's got eight. That's the most in the Premier League era. There is someone with ten from the pre-Premier League era. Can you guess who that is? The pre-Premier League era. Ian Rush? Good shout, but it's Peter Shilton with ten. Peter Shilton. Big, there you go. Big Pete. So there you have it. Do you know which current Premier League teams have never had a player in the team of the year? Surely Burnley. Nick Pope. Okay. He was in it last year. Fulham probably have had one. Sheffield United. They've had one. Brighton. Brighton have not had one. And the other one? Uh, it's not West Brom. surprising. No, West Brom have had quite a few. Mm. Leicester? No, Leicester. Of course, Leicester. They won the league. It's Wolves. <laughs> Wolves. I am surprised, actually. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Right then, let's start with goalkeepers. Who have you selected as your guy for the PFA Team of the Year? Uh, I am going to go with the one that got away, Emiliano Martinez. I think he's had a fabulous year, lots of clean sheets, um, and been very solid for Villa. Um, he's had a good season. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good good choice. For me, the shortlist is between Martinez, Edison, Nick Pope, Kasper Schmeichel, uh, Melier at Leeds, perhaps, and I think Mendy's done a decent job at Chelsea. But the lower, I, the further I go down that list, the lower they kind of rank. Quite honestly, I think it's between Edison and um, Martinez. Yeah, I think I think Mendy's in with a shout as well. I think he's had a very solid season, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you consider the problems that they had at the beginning of the season with Kepa and just leaking bad goals for fun. I think he's come in and not really made many mistakes. Yeah, he's been he's been very solid, um, and Chelsea have uh, have tightened up. Uh, defensively under Tuchel, which has just helped everything. But they de- they have looked a lot more solid with Mendy. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, Hence me mentioning him. But I do think it's between those two. Yeah. Still hurts. Ah, oh, still hurts that we sold him. Can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, surely you believe he's better than Burned Leno by now. <laughs> I like Leno, um, but there are a couple of things here. Martinez was was an Arsenal man, um, so y- you know he's loyal. He's come in. He's done a he's done a fabulous job, uh, and I think you can make him your number one, and you can sell Leno for similarish money. But I think Arteta just uh, really likes Leno, likes what he does with his feet. That that's the only thing I I can think of. Yeah, uh, 
I guess so. I it's felt like Leno was bought and Martinez was going to be sold regardless, and then the fact that he made the Arsenal team for um, a little while and impressed was kind of ne- neither here nor there. But I think it's probably what inflated his value um, to Aston Villa. I don't think you'd have sold him. You sold him for twenty million. Mm, yes. I don't think you'd have sold him for yes. twenty million had he not got a few games uh, last season. I, that fair? Yeah, but I don't think he's he's going to Villa or getting in anywhere as a number one without those games either. Fair. Yeah. He, but he's, you know, I think he's been he's been brilliant. He's played every single game, and. Yeah, been really solid. 15 clean sheets and he's got the most uh, net expected goals prevented this season. I mentioned that last time. So we're taking uh, the total number of goals that they're expected to concede and taking away the number of goals they actually conceded. 7.2 was his total, which means he's conceded 7.2 fewer goals than he should have, which is very impressive. Very high. Yeah, it is. We we mentioned it last time. The teams that uh, don't dominate possession and have a lot of shots at them, their goalkeepers tend to show up quite nicely in this. So you go further down the table, and some of those goalkeepers who are active uh, have got a good return. Nonetheless, for Aston Villa and where they are, and it being seven point two, that's really really high. Kasper Schmeichel's got two point two, averages a couple of goals better than he should. Edison's 1.8. As mentioned, they're a dominant team. You'd expect his to be a lot lower. So really good from Martinez. And mm. yeah, I think a great signing for them. Been a big reason for Aston Villa's upturn, I think. So that you're agreeing on that pick? We're going I am just about, I am just about agreeing. Not because you've said it. I have been weighing it up for quite a while, whether it's Edison or Martinez. And I won't be surprised to see either. But I'm going to go for Martinez. Okay. Um, shall we move on to fullbacks? Let's start at left back. Let's start at left back. Okay. Now, this one's an interesting one because on my shortlist, mm. one of the players I've also got on the shortlist for right back. Has that happened with you? No. I'm I'm more rigid with the way uh, I set my players out. I'll give them one position and then that's their position for me. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Uh, I'm going to bring his name up, but it's Jao Cancelo because he's played, he's tw- he's had 27 starts in the Premier League this season and 13 have been started at right back, 10 at left back. So you could have either or on either side for that one, in my opinion, uh, with such a split. So he's on both my lists. I think the players of focus for me here would be Cancelo, Luke Shaw, Aaron Cresswell, and Luca Dean would be my uh, top players. And then I would say a few others underneath that. Andy Robertson's had a, a good steady season in uh, a not so great one for Liverpool. Matt Target at Aston Villa has been very good. Uh, Kieran Tierney at uh, your team, Arsenal. And then the other name I wanted to mention was James Justin. Only 23 starts due to injury. He'd started all 23 of those uh, first 23 games. He'd also played a few at right He started back. very... 
started very well the season, James yeah, Justin. He's, he he's really unlucky. Fantastic. Yeah, and I think he could have been in a shout for the England squad had he uh, had he stayed fit and maybe got a look in for some of the uh, games in March, perhaps, but not to be. What are your thoughts on your left back? Did you have an outstanding favourite? Who was on your shortlist? There are a few good ones on that list. Um, I really, really like Kieran Tierney. I think he makes a very big difference to Arsenal and the way they play, and it's noticeable whenever he does play. But that being said, his season's been a bit too stop-start. He's had um, too many injuries, missed too many games, so I just can't put him near the top of the list. I think if he'd played more often, then he'd be right in the mix. Um, For me, uh, I, I think it's probably between Cresswell and uh, Luke Shaw. I think Cresswell has an excellent season, um, but I will go with Luke Shaw. I, I think his journey, I think, from where he had been in previous seasons to where he is now um, is quite something, and he's been outstanding. Yeah, I agree. Aaron Cresswell is a good one. I did say Cresswell, didn't I? Yes. I did. Yes. Oh, okay, because I, I, he's been one of West Ham's... Uh, best players I would I don't think it's a stretch to say he's been their best player uh, could have been one of the midfielders but we can debate that 35 starts for Cresswell uh, 10 clean sheets but what's interesting he's, he's played 20 at left back he started 15 times at left centre back where West Ham have changed the system up still managed 8 assists across the season which is the most for a defender which is an outstanding return and he's been yeah excellent all that said, I am going to agree with you and go for Luke Shaw, who uh, I thought last season was improving uh, over his time under Van Hal and the latter part of his Mourinho time. But I still think there were errors in him and I still thought he made the odd gaffe and wasn't getting forward as much as uh, he has been this season, where he's really turned it on. Uh, five assists, 10 clean sheets from 30 starts. And he's worked his way back into the England fold, which I didn't think I would have expected a couple of years ago. Fair play to him. And I mean, he's he started the season as like a, a rotation risk, you know, 50-50 to, to start every game at left back. And he's he's made that position his own. Um, he's nailed on every week now. Agreed. So are we two from two here? We're agreed on both. <laughs> yeah, rare treat. We're agreeing on a lot. We, this is... Uh... This is good. First England, now this. And if we move on to right back, I think we might agree on uh, one of those as well. Mm. What are you going for? Um, I mean, we can go for it. We can go for it all if you want. But my guys, Jao Cancelo mentioned before. I think he's been fantastic. Um, he's played in lots of positions, and even when in you know the right back position he'd pop up all over the pitch and have a real big influence on the game um i thought there were times this season where he was really making a man city tick uh, even from right back he was he was fantastic yeah i agree uh the way he was able to get on the ball and start attacks joining attacks from late i thought i always thought he was a very good and steady player this season he looks like a really top player He's been outstanding. I think Carl Walker is in with a shout of being in this team. Aaron Wambasaka's had a good season. Um, 
Matty Cash, Luke Ayling, uh, Kufal at West Ham have all had very good seasons. And the other one I wanted to mention was Timothy Castagna at Leicester. I watched a lot of him at Atalanta. I think he's been really, really good. Played in a number of different positions, uh, including in left and right midfield in a wing-back system, in the back three, left-back and right-back. He's been really good. I agree with you again. I think Jao Cancelo has been the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Castagna as well. Uh, I just I just think that Cancelo was the clear choice on this occasion. I agree. I agree. Yeah, the only one I would say is I think I wouldn't be shocked if this team uh, this team turned out to have Walker and Cancelo as its fullbacks, or Cancelo at right, uh, Walker at right back, short sure left, a combination basically. But mm-hmm. I believe Cancelo and Shaw should be the uh, the two fullbacks. Yeah, agree. Right. Good. I think we'll, we'll go with uh... the first centre back. Shall we just hit the first centre back? We're both going to agree. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> are we. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get the name out there. We'll go with Ruben Diaz. Well, you say that we'll agree, and you're going with Ruben Diaz. You showed me a draft of your team two weeks ago, and Ruben Diaz wasn't on it. Then I flamed you for it. Then he had an outstanding performance in the Champions League semis, which is nothing to do with the Premier League, I would add. And now he's in your team. Well, I mean, I thought you might bring this up, which is why I was semi-prepared. Now, I went with Stones originally. Now, I, I wrote that team down on a whim, back of a fag packet type thing, did it in five on minutes in Biro. You, you, know, mm. you know I like to write things down in Biro. Mm. Uh, and the reason I went with Stones originally is... Um, as my wife will tell you, and and you're well aware, I'm a massive romantic, and the romance of his resurrection from being outcast and getting absolute pelters from the media, you know, it was just a, a story that I could really buy into, um, and I didn't have place for both the centre backs, so I, I originally went for Stones. In the cold light of day, it has to be Diaz. That's fair enough. Um, well, it's fair enough on Stones, the things that you said. I don't know about it's fair enough changing your mind um, just to appease, but. Uh, John Stones is absolutely on my list of uh, on my short list. He has only started 21 games compared to Diaz's 31. A little bit on the suspension, not being in the team at the very beginning of the season and just not being as key and as important as Diaz will contribute to that. I mean, a lot of the City team are down on the number of starts where they're just so easily rotated. So I haven't included Stones as my other centre-back. Uh, I believe, though, that the other players vying for that position and feel free to add or chop any of these down. But here are the ones I've got. I think John Stones, Harry Maguire, Thiago Silva, Johnny Evans and Wesley Fofana have been the best other centre-backs. And a little shout-out to Antonio Rudiger who has impressed me every time I've seen him, although I've, having checked, he'd only, he's actually only started 18 games. So I would say you've got very little chance of getting into this team. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good shortlist. I had pretty much all of those names on there. Um, really like what Fafana's done. He's come in as a young centre-back. He's played excellent um, for Leicester for the season. Um, I really like Stones being a romantic. Uh, I want to put him in there, but... Um, it's probably going to have to be Harry Maguire 
he's been so important to that Man United team. And when he didn't play, it was really, really noticeable. I agree. Just quickly on Fafana, I looked up his tackles and interceptions per 90 minutes, which is a very high 4.1 compared to Johnny Evans' 2.5 next to him. The reason I bring that up is these stats are often uh, churned out on how to find a good metric for measuring a defender. I don't think there is a particularly good metric. And the reason I say that is because Ruben Diaz has 1.8 tackles and interceptions per 90. So far lower down. Liam Cooper of Leeds has the most in the league combined, 5.2. But that doesn't make Liam Cooper a better centre-back than Diaz. Diaz and Stones as well, to their credit, are players that keep forwards quiet. And that is more important than anything else. That's what you want. Against top-level opposition, those are the defenders you need. And it's really got to be the eye test. I think you've got to be uh, watching. And I think Diaz has been the outstanding player. And I think next to him, Harry Maguire, I'm in agreement with. I think he's been so important for Man United. He gets a lot of stick, but he's had a brilliant season, I believe. He's started 34 games, 13 clean sheets. And missing him in these last few games, hopefully he's back fit for England. I mean, God God help us if he isn't. Yeah, as mentioned last week, indeed. Harry Maguire's picked up the most yellow cards um, this season, 11. <clears throat> but Fair only play. James Kartowski, Tyrone Mings and Conor Cody have started more games at centre-back. So that's testament to the number of games he's played in a season where a lot of players have been rotated. But we're agreed on Diaz and Maguire, are we? We're clean sweep so far. Yeah. Gosh. Right. Well, when we come back, we'll move into midfield and we'll see if it's uh, as plain sailing. Okay, it's on to the midfield. Who is your overwhelming choice in midfield, Euro? I am going to start with... Uh, Bruno Fernandes, everyone's favourite penalty merchant, but he is—he is loads more than that. His stats don't lie, um, and he just—he just keeps doing it every year. Yeah, what a great signing! Came in uh, January 2020 oh. and really hit the ra- hit the hit the ground running. Easy for me to say. Between January and uh, the end of the season, and then this season. Just kept it going. Absolutely on fire. You mentioned penalties. I've picked out non-penalty goals plus assists. And of midfielders, he has the most this season. 21 non-penalty goals plus assists. And yeah, he is he is the driving force of, uh, of Manchester United. No question. I think as well as his stats, which are incredible... He galvanizes the rest of the team. He he demands, he expects, and that you know, that's infectious. That gets the team going. I don't think yeah. you can overlook that sort of influence. No, I, I completely agree. He he stepped into the club. I mean you joked, didn't you, that he was on penalties as soon as he turned up there and he was on free kicks and he was on who is this guy? This guy's just First game. First game. <laughs> 
and he took a few games. It was amazing. Yeah. And he's been the captain, uh, and he, he'd been made the captain, you know, as a stand-in uh, quite quickly, because I think he is a natural leader, and that came across quite quickly. You could see him dictating things on the pitch, and these things do matter. Yeah, I think he's been a really positive influence, and Manchester United's upturn uh, has definitely um, had a lot to do with him. So I agree on that. We're good again. Okay. Your other choice in midfield? Pick as many as you want. Um, I am going to go for Thomas Suchek. <sighs> okay. So I think he is a, a really big part of the way West Ham play. Uh, he's, he's double digits, goals this season. Um, and you'd think they'd, they'd all come with his head, but they haven't actually. And um, he... he He's just so important to them. I mean, the the sexy choice would be Declan Rice. You know, everyone loves to praise Declan Rice. But I think Suchek is more important to them. Yeah, they formed a really, really strong partnership this season in uh, in midfield. Where I think Rice was playing next to Mark Noble before that. And they seemed disjointed. They didn't seem to uh, have a as good a partnership. Whereas Suchek and Rice seemed to swap back and forth. Rice goes forward um, a lot more than I think he's given credit for. Suchek drops in, um, gets in his own penalty area, covers, and yet 11 non-penalty goals and assists this season, a combination of the two. Uh, yeah, he's a really, really solid player. 3.7 tackles and interceptions per game. He's a player that gets stuck in, gets through a lot of passes. He started every single game this season. Yeah, I can't... I, I've, Got a lot of good things to say about him. And he's an absolute nightmare to deal with at set pieces. People hate it. Yeah, very uh, Marouane Fellaini about him, isn't there? Mm. Is that a compliment? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know. From set pieces. Uh, Suchek, Hoybjerg and James Ward-Prowse are the only outfielders to have played every minute in the Premier League this season. So a good choice from you there. I am not going to pick Suchek. I am making room for Ilkay Gundogan. Did he make your team? He is my third midfielder. Okay then. All right. So different style, different shape. That's absolutely fine. Let's just quickly... Uh, Talk about Gundogan then. Why did you select him? So, um, Kevin De Bruyne was injured, uh, I think, over that Christmas period. And Gundogan took it upon himself to step up. And he was instrumental. He was scoring goals for fun. Um, he played a more advanced position. And he was he was basically the, the main man at Man City. He stepped up when De Bruyne wasn't around. And they went on a fantastic run of form. Uh, and he was central to that. I think that was pivotal to their their season, really. Yeah, his run that he went on was really quite staggering. It, he went and scored three on the bounce or whatever it was, and you're thinking, oh, that's that's pretty good going. But between the middle of December and the middle of February, he scored 11 goals in 12 league games. It was just yeah. an unbelievable return of goals, which he was there... 
Is he there? Is he still their top goal scorer? He was for a very long time. If he's not still, um, I can't. And... I can't think of anyone that's putting him away for City like that. I so just... yeah, probably. He's never had a scoring run like that uh, any other time in his career. Um, and he, he's always been a really uh, good player. But this season, uh, adding goals, as well as the number of passes he makes into the final third uh, and get things ticking between midfield and attack. Because I wouldn't exactly say he's a defensive midfielder. He can play there, but he's not been defensive this season. Not when uh, Rodri is... Uh, has been in the team. Um, yeah, he's definitely in my team. He's another one that's struggled historically with injuries, and I think having a, a fairly injury-free season has been very beneficial to him. Sure. So, you have another midfielder in there? or Because I don't know what formation you're playing. No, that's my three. Of course, yeah. Gundogan was your third. Right, okay. Uh, I've been so torn as to who my third one was, but because I, I do think Rodri has got a very good chance of being in this team. He has been played most games for City, started 31 times. And he has, I believe, the most uh, the most passes per 90 after Henderson, I believe, after Jordan Henderson, 83.1 passes per game which is a hell of a lot to get through really controls games and it suits City's style but uh, he is a very dominant defensive midfielder 3.2 tackles plus interceptions per 90 again gets stuck in and I think he's got a good chance but I've gone for Kevin De Bruyne I think mm. he will make it only 22 Premier League starts but I think 14 non-penalty goals plus assists. And he's been a bit unlucky as well. Uh, the expected goals plus assists, non-penalty, is 17.6 for him, where he maybe should have uh, buried a few more of those good chances. A few of his teammates could have tucked away some of the uh, chances he's laid on. So maybe had th three more goals or more. I think he makes my team, or my prediction, He'd always make my team because I love him. <laughs> I found it impossible to pick between him and Gundogan. And you went with both, but I yeah. just just went with Gundo in the end. Yeah, I like that yours has got some balance and you've got Suchek in there. Um, although if you're picking a defensive midfield, I probably would have gone for Rodri, if I'm being completely honest. But oh, I, want a, I want a midfielder that can do it all. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm happy. It's a really good choice. I think... I like that you've done that, but I'm not convinced that uh, that will be the balance of the team. Some other names I think we should mention uh, in midfield. Uh, Wilfred Ndidi, another really good season. Always top of the, uh, the tackles and interceptions. 6.6 .6 per game he averages, which is, uh, is pretty monstrous. Uh, next to Very him good. is someone who I, I've been a big fan of for a long time is Yuri Tielemans, who just feels like such an all-rounder, who he started 36 games, 3.3 tackles and interceptions uh, per game, getting stuck in, 66 tackles a game, uh, passes per game, excuse me, and eight hmm. non-penalty goals plus assists. So all areas of the pitch, it feels like he's contributing. And if you watch him, he's, 
he's so all action, so comfortable on the ball as well. Turning away from people, slipping in Jamie Vardy. Great player to watch. Do like it's him. very tidy. Yeah. Yeah. Hoybierga mentioned him starting every game. I think he's been uh, a really bright spark for Tottenham this season. Declan Rice, really good. Calvin Phillips, spoke about him in the last podcast for England. Uh, really good season for Leeds. And James Ward-Prowse, I couldn't overlook him as well at Southampton. Yeah, he's stepped up this year. It's, been, it's definitely been his best season to date, James Ward-Prowse. And yeah, I, I just don't think he's getting near some of the other players on this list, unfortunately for him. So unless you've got Mason Mount in a more prominent sort of wide position, is he not in your team? He might be in a more prominent wide position in my team. Okay, I expected a no there, but I might leave some of these other ones because obviously the crossover with attacking midfielders and wingers and things, it's always difficult. So we may... Uh, Need to come back to some names then. Well, let's, I mean, you know, you've kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit there. Let's go on to um, right winger. Um, and we'll start with me shoehorning Mason Mount into that position. He has played there a bit um, and I just couldn't leave him out. I think he's he's really stepped up. Um, you know, all the jokes about him being Frank Lampard's nephew or son or, you know, whatever you. he's had to do. By me, mainly by me. I started most of them. Um, but he's he's been fantastic. Um, he's proved everyone, not wrong per se, but he's he's shown his worth um, and has shown just how good a player he is through the year. So I had to get him in. Uh, and on the right wing, it, it was. It's a fluid formation. It's fluid. Yeah, well, I'm not going to argue with that. 31 Premier League starts for Mason where he has 10 non-penalty goals plus assists. He is expected, he's actually 14.7. So I would suggest that's playing next to Timo Werner because he should have 4.4 <laughs> more assists than he actually does. Um, Poor Timo. I actually like Timo Werner. I, 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 I love Timo. Be, I think he'll be uh, even better next season. A player that gets into good scoring uh, positions... Can't be bad. Did you say who for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Tuchel likes him. I don't think there's any problems there. And I think we'll see him uh, banging in the goals next season. We'll see. But uh, Mount's had a really good season. And I, I've i struggled really badly for these two wide positions. It's been really, really tough. I didn't go for Mount. I went. I'm, I'm almost changing my mind as I'm saying it. I'm not even sort of that committed to this. I think it's between Phil Foden and I'm going for Mo Salah. Yep. Just for um, the sheer number of goals he scored and it's been another... You can't really uh, say he hasn't had a good season. Yeah. Liverpool have had one. a poor season, but but his numbers are still right up there. Yeah, exactly. If anyone else... Anyone else is putting up those numbers, you are falling all over yourself to put him in your team. Yeah, I agree. It's it's the standards that are kept sometimes. And yeah, I, I'm just about going for Mo Salah. That was a tricky one. Mm, good choice. 
Okay, yeah. so we've got um, two positions honorable left. Mentions. Oh yeah, I, go I'd for like it. Honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Um, uh, Jesse Lingard. He's, mm-hmm. he's come in. Uh, he's been doing it since January. He's been phenomenal for West Brom. Uh, West Brom, West Ham, and uh, he's he's really reignited them and recaptured his form. Be interesting to see what happens with him in summer. Whether Manu can find a place for him or whether he moves on to be a more important member of a different team. Perhaps um, we've got uh, Rafinha. Big big fan of Rafinha. He is one of my favourite players uh, in the league. I think every time I watch him play, I'm seriously impressed, um, and I'm I'm convinced that if he went to one of the big boys, he would uh, he'd excel. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he gets that move. There were a few questions over his personality, his temperament when he came in. Um, from the things I read about him, you know, the talent was there, but could you get it out of him was the question. And I think Leeds have done that. Mm. Uh, Riyad Morris, another good season for him. He seems to go in and out of fashion for Pep, but when he comes into fashion, he's always... He always produces. He's a he's a wonderful player to watch. He's beautiful. Yeah, I love Riyad Mahrez, as you uh, as you well know. Just a quick one on Rafinha. I've been watching him for quite a long time at uh, his previous clubs. I didn't think he was this good. I have been really impressed with him this season. I think he's really stepped up. Always talented, but produced some really good performances and great numbers this season for Leeds. Lingard's an interesting one. I don't think he'll come back to Man United. I think it would be best for him and everyone if he did probably go to West Ham. I think that would be a good move for him. Do you know that he's started 15 Premier League games this season? He has 12 non-penalty goals and assists. That is that's quite outrageous. Quite something. It is. That's, that's However, world level. I'll give you the expected, which is 5.9. Mm. So he's pulling rabbits out of hats, is what you're saying. He's pulling rabbits out of hats that he just can't sustain, baby. I yeah, those long ranges that he likes, they can't all go in. Uh, so he's I, fun I, to watch I think... when he's happy. When he when he's happy and he's scoring, he's he's good fun to watch, isn't he? Yeah, he, he just had to put on another shirt than Man United for you to admit that. That's uh, and that's what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good choices. Okay, we've got two players left. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll do our left winger and our centre forward. Right, should we talk about left wing? Let's do that. I've got three. Three I'd like to talk about. Uh, I found it really difficult to decide between them. Uh, I think you've got uh, Hyun Min Sun um, you have Jack Grealish and Phil Foden honourable mention to Harvey Barnes who had a terrific season but I think he's just his injury um, and the quality of some of the others have left him just a touch short yep yeah, I agree on that one and similar situation for him for England I think he would have been in with a shout there Okay, so Foden, let's talk about him. Mm. Well, I mean, he's been 
talked about for years as you know the great bright hope of Man City in England and he's kind of you know Pepper slowly fed him into the team given him minutes here and there and this year he he didn't start uh, many games at the beginning of the season but second half of the season he has started more games and he's he's really been producing I think he's a, a fantastic player um, he's, he's a real bright spark he can do lots of things very well in that attacking three you can play him as as a centrally or you can play him either side um i'm a big fan i've got a bit of a man crush on him another man crush out there this is uh this is good oh him and jude the the problem is the the other player who i've got a man crush on is is jack Grealish. oh so many man crushes right okay and jack Grealish doesn't make your team I think he's he's just about going to miss out just due to the length of his injury. Um, I I love I love him so much. I, yeah, the things I would do to get him at Arsenal. Yeah, Foden's only started sixteen Premier League games. I know he's played in several more. Thirteen non-penalty goals plus assist, which is remarkable return. Uh, and he averages 1.3 key passes per 90 minutes. So a pass that leads to a shot on goal. Very good numbers for someone uh, of his age, of any age, although to be, to be fair, the, the level of performance he's put in this season, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the team. He's just missing out for me. Uh, I would add to your shortlist... Marcus Rashford, who I think's uh, had another really good season uh, with 11 non-penalty goals, um, nine assists for Rashford as well this season, 33 starts. I think he's been a big, uh, important part of Man United's attack. However, I am going for Jack Grealish. Just, mm. just, I found this position really, really tough. Um between those few mentioned. He obviously picked up the injury. He's back now. 23 starts, uh, 3.2 key passes per game for Grealish. That is the most in the Premier League. Uh, 16 non-penalty goals plus assists. Really good return. Always been a player um, with undoubted talent, always been recognised. Last season was pulling rabbits out of hats this season looks like <laughs> one of the best players in the league so yeah i had to uh, go and you can him. just see how how villa's form tailed off um when he was out he, you know they just weren't the same team without him yeah let's move on to our final position which is we've both seemingly picked one center forward here mm. um all right, shall I shall I name him first? Mm-hmm. Jamie Vardy. I don't believe you. <laughs> I mean, it's Harry Kane. Everyone knows it's Harry Kane. <laughs> it has to be Harry Jamie Kane. Jamie Vardy's an interesting case, though. He started off uh, in absolute rapid fire, did he not? Yeah, tailed off a lot second half of the season. Um, and Ihi and Nacho's kind of come in and picked up the slack a, a bit for him, really. 
Yeah. I still think he's playing well. He's just he's just not producing the the goals um, that it, we come to expect. Expect indeed. And good segue there, although it was probably not deliberate. But when we look at expected goals, Jamie Vardy is someone that we think of as an above average finisher. Is that fair to say? Yep. So we spoke on the last episode about Calvert-Lewin, Bamford and Watkins and their expected goals. Calvert-Lewin should uh, perhaps have um, more goals. Uh, the same for Watkins and the same for Bamford. All shooting slightly lower than expected. Raheem Sterling should also have more expected goals. But you, again, that sort of uh, that feels about right. Someone who doesn't finish the chances that you sometimes expect. Vardy, seven non-penalty goals this season. Bear in mind, he really is a penalty merchant. 13 <laughs> expected. So six shorter than his, his expected, which suggests to us he's not been finishing chances at the rate he used to. What do you make of that? Oh, I don't think... I, I think he's... He, I think he's fine. I, I don't think you should read too much into that. It's a fairly... You know, small sample size. I think he's going to be fine. He is, he is the wrong side of thirty. So, yeah, and he does rely a lot on his pace and his hustle and bustle, if you will. But I think he's okay for now. He's he's a bit of a poacher. I think you've used all the buzzwords, and and you're right. I think I think you are correct. He will continue. He will continue to smell out positions, and um, you know, being a goal scorer myself, that's it's very hard to to teach hmm. I think if he was not getting the chances that's where you'd be worried if his xG was lower than seven non-penalty goals that he's got then there'd be a real concern the fact that he's getting chances yeah he'll be back on it I'm sure no problems there but let's talk about Harry Kane then who's started 34 Premier League games he has 13 assists 18 non-penalty goals uh, with an expected of 18.4 uh, non-penalty goals. So he's he's on par. What a fantastic season he has had yet again. Yeah. And, and do you think if he was playing for a good club, he'd score more goals? Uh, he scored two against United in the 6-1, which was obviously very memorable. Big performance for him. I think the... The most memorable performance from him was the four assists against Southampton in that 5-2. He set up, I think Son scored all of them, didn't he? They were all for Son? Uh, yes. Yes, they were early yeah. in the season. I remember it well. Indeed. Um, so the that's when the uh, the assists for Kane started to really sort of pick up. And we were noticing Jose Mourinho, if we're allowed to give him credit for anything Harry Kane's done. Dropping into different positions. Um keeping the centre-backs guessing a little bit. Yeah, I think he's added a bit to his to his game in that respect. Yeah. And as well as doing that, as well as linking up fantastically well with Son, he's still scoring. He's still banging him in for fun. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it bodes very well. Yep. Kane and Son are in the top two for most assists to another player. Kane's assisted Son and Son's assisted Kane and they are in the top two. Kane to Son is nine and Son to Kane is five. That is the top two in the Premier League. Good partnership there. 
Uh, yeah, Harry Kane was the overwhelming choice here, I, I think. You could play two up front and include Sterling, Rashford or Salah if, you, if uh, there was four in midfield and the PFA team may look like that, but that's the way I, opt I opted for it. Let's confirm our final teams then. Three differences in total in our predictions. We've both gone for Martinez in goal and we both have the same back four, which is Cancelo, Diaz, Maguire and Shaw. We've both gone for Gundogan and Fernandes in midfield. And the first difference in our team is that I've gone for Kevin De Bruyne. You've gone for Thomas Suchek. In our front three, two differences. Both gone for Harry Kane. You've gone for Phil Foden and Mason Mount, where I've gone for Mo Salah and Jack Grealish. I think we'll both be very close. Let us know what you think and how your team will look, your prediction or just your personal preferences. Get in touch at bloggerthenet underscore on Twitter or just DM us because you probably know us and you've got our phone numbers. Um, <laughs> shall we discuss the other awards? Yes, love to. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll discuss that when we come back. Okay, welcome back. We are now going to finish off with some awards. The most important of which is the Players Player of the Year Award, which will be announced on the same night as the Team of the Year. So, your PFA Player of the Year prediction, Euro, who do you think it's going to be? You, you're going to really enjoy this. Uh, Ruben Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> how, how have we got to this? He's just going to win. It's the prediction, right? So he's going to win it. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. As a prediction, I think you're probably on to something. If I'm giving it out myself, I'm, I'm giving it to Gundogan. Okay, I thought myself. you were going to say John Stones again. No. No. Uh, that's, you give it... Ruben wins it. You'd give it yeah, to I think Gundogan. He was so important um, to Man City during such a crucial periods that yeah I think he I don't think he'll be anywhere near it but I think he deserves far more I, recognition than he'll yeah get. I agree I don't think he'd be I don't think he'd be near it but I can't uh, fault your logic uh, he's certainly a name that should be up there I think this is between three players personally Diaz having uh, just won the football writers award Bruno Fernandes and Harry Kane. Harry Kane. I Fair do enough. think um, he's I think, got a very good I chance. I think Diaz, Diaz or Fernandez for me will get the award. I was weighing up between Fernandez and Diaz ultimately. I feel like just going Fernandez just to be different to you, but given these are predictions and we're going to come back to this and actually assess it, I now don't... I, Obviously, not being wrong is really important. <laughs> uh, fuck it. I'm just going to say Fernandez. I actually think he's going to be Diaz. But no, Fernandez. I think Fernandez. Bruno. Okay, that's my PFA player of the year. So your PFA player of the year is a penalty merchant. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going for. Okay, good. Young Player of the Year. Uh, for me, there are four candidates, which are Phil Foden, Marcus Rashford, Bukayo Saka, and Mason Mount. I would love to say Saka. Um, I think he's had a wonderful season. He's been very Arsenal's best player. He's he's got to be winning our Player of the Season award. But I'm going to go with Phil Foden because I think he will win it. I think it'll be Phil Foden as well. Big Phil. Yes. Feels like an easy one, but it depends on your standing here. But manager of the season. Oh, it's not as easy as you think. So I think, you know, let's talk about the candidates here. Um, we have got Brendan Rodgers. He has, you know, he's won the FA Cup. Leicester have been very good in the league again. It does look like they might just fall short of that Champions League for a place for a second year running, which is uh, quite damaging and, and may be a reason why he, you know, I've got, I've got a whiff that he might leave if they don't do that. If they don't quite qualify. Ooh. Yeah, well, I think I think that would be the tempter. If he if they didn't have Champions League football, he's won a trophy at Leicester. Um, he has a fantastic relationship with the owners, but I think he's not shy of moving on when he needs to, when he feel he needs to. Uh, we've got David Moyes. He's done some fantastic work at West Ham. They've got European football next season. They're in and around that Champions League mix for a good while. You've got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I'm not a fan of him. I'm really not a fan, you know, in general. But you can't deny he's done a he's done a sterling job this season. His seconds seem to be okay. I'm still not convinced that Man United are a very good team. But, you know, you can't really argue with being second in the league and Europa League final. So, And then you've got uh, the main man, Pep, um, who is my choice. Nearly a clean sweep. For him, you know, fell short at the semi-final of the FA Cup. He's in the final of the Champions League and won the other two at a canter. Who's your choice then? Pep. Yeah, I'm going to agree. And that's why I said it might be an easy decision. I know what you're saying. There, because there are other managers working to different budgets, to different uh, expectations who have done a really good job. So yeah, it doesn't have to be the manager that win, wins the league, but they have done it in some style and yeah, blown everyone away and could yet be on for a treble. So Not a real treble though, is it? Nah, not a real treble. Nah, not a, not a real treble. Oh, I didn't even need to say that one. I've got you here. I've taught you well. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, do you want to tell me your goal of the season? So I think it's between it's between two. Two I've got two goals that I really enjoyed is probably the wrong word. One that I really admired, uh, and one that I really enjoyed. So the one that I really I think admired. I can guess which one that you admired was is the uh, Rabona in the Tottenham Arsenal game. Um I I must have watched it 10 or 15 times. It was it was a thing of beauty from Lamella. Um, but I can't have that as my goal of the season. It's just, it's not possible. Fortunately, I found a better one from a forgotten man. 
Sebastian Haller. Bicycle kick against Crystal Palace. Palace, yeah. Smashed into the top corner. It was a fantastic goal. I watched it again today and I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good goal. I'm going to go for Lamella. Right, so I've gone for Lamella, you've gone for Allaire. Forgotten man, Allaire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's because he's terrible. Okay. <laughs> Have you uh, said everything you want to say today? Yeah, I think so. We'll we'll move on yeah. to um, Sunday League Legends stuff in more detail next week. I think you're going to have to can this. I think you're going to have to let it go, mate. I, I, I don't think anyone believes it. And I think it's probably funny first time round. I think in the end, people are just going to get sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I, I do think it. Okay. I think that just about wraps it up for us. Thank you very much for listening and or watching, if indeed you still are, as ever. Head over to bloggerthenet underscore on Twitter if you want to get involved in the conversation. You can tweet us about the PFA Team of the Year predictions, England squad from last week, or anything football-related. And if you head over to there, our website can be found, where you'll find the show notes from today, show notes from last week, and much, much more. If you like the show, the best way you can support us is subscribe and tell a friend, because it's good. It's nice to share things, isn't it? Uh, are we taking next requests? Time, are we taking requests? Requests for what? You know, show ideas. Just anything. Jokes. Oh, yeah. Anything, really. Yeah. Well, Shirts. We, we could do with getting the the, uh, the jokes up. Shirts I'm good for, but uh, yeah, some jokes would be good. Yeah, sure. Get in touch on Twitter and uh, with any ideas. Anything you like. Uh, next time, we'll be covering the Champions League final. We'll be doing a full review on that game looking into the statistics from it, the tactical view, and how the game unfolded. Before we go very quickly, who have you got for the Champions League final? Interesting question. Man City, but, um, you know, Chelsea will try and stink the game out and nick it like they did uh, in the FA Cup. But I think I think City should be too strong for them. City all day for me. Okay, I've been Rich Clark. He's been just inside, and we're out of time. Thank you very much, guys. Bye.